Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Talking Functional Fitness Out. Before you click away because you saw the title of this episode, give this episode a chance. This week, the coaches sit down and talk with Dr. Ashley Nemi, formerly Gergich and formerly a CrossFit Frostbite athlete. She is a physical therapist and specializes in pelvic floor therapy. We cover topics from peeing during workouts to what your stool should look like and a whole lot more. So sit back and enjoy Ashley Nemi. This week's episode is brought to you by Frostbite Programming. Putting it at the front of the podcast this week. Just make sure you listen to the rest of the podcast. We are switching up our days of the week focus. So this week and on for the next five or six weeks, Mondays will be our squat focus. Tuesdays will be a gymnastics or core focus. Wednesdays will be pulling, aka deadlifts. Thursday will be pressing. Ollie is going to move to Fridays. Saturday is still going to stay our longer or partner type workouts. And Sundays are still our hypertrophy type days. Monday, the 31st of August, you have a big one. 10 rounds for time on the open track. 10 rounds for time, four squat cleans, 185, 135, eight dumbbell box step-ups, 15 35 pound dumbbell and a 200 meter run for the functional. Everything stays the same except for that barbell squatting movement is eight thrusters at 95 or 65 pounds, same eight dumbbell box step-ups, same 200 meter run. That's your Monday. On to Tuesday, you have three parts to this. You have a seven minute AMRAP of kettlebell side bends and push-ups, followed by rest, a seven minute AMRAP of ab mat sit-ups and double unders, followed by a interval workout with the rower, seven rounds of 40 seconds on, 20 seconds on, a little bit of cardio there. That's September 1st, Tuesday, the second. We have an open and a functional, but it's a little bit different than how we've done things. So the open has some prescribed buildups to some heavy singles at about 95%. Meanwhile, functionals, we've been doing more of an accessory type strength, every minute on the minute, changing for 28 minutes. Yeah, kettlebell swings, Bulgarian split squats, banded sidesteps, and single leg deadlifts. The idea is that the open strength is gonna get done before the last couple rounds there, and the open, people will be able to jump in the last two rounds with the functional strength people. So everybody's ending on accessory strength. Maybe starting with it too, but everybody's ending with it. That's Wednesday the 2nd. Thursday the 3rd, we have an open Metcon. You have three couplets for you. The first is three rounds, 12 presses, 95-65, a 200-meter run. Then you're moving on to three rounds, eight push presses, 135-95, and a 200-meter run. And then three rounds of four jerks at 185-155, and a 200 meter run. That's the open functional. It's, it's the same nine rounds for work, but it's gonna stay the same for each round. You're not changing weights. You're gonna start with five presses followed by four push presses and three jerks, all at 95 and 65 off on a 200 meter run. On to Friday. You, the fourth, you have five four-minute cycles of six burpees, eight hang squat snatches at 95, 65, and 24 double-unders with a two-minute rest reset. That's your open. Functional is the same five rounds of a four-minute AMRAP, six burpees, 12 hang dumbbell power snatches, and 48 single-unders, same two-minute rest reset. That's your Friday. On to Saturday, we have what is based off of the Dallas five workout. So five workouts are five minutes. They all change. The first five minute AMRAP is 
five minutes of rowing for calories. There's a one minute break in between, followed by a five minute AMRAP of box jumps and hand release push-ups, 10 and 10. Next five minute AMRAP, AMRAP three is dumbbell hang power cleans, double dumbbells and renegade rows. Next five minute AMRAP, that's AMRAP four, is gonna be sled pushes and shuttle runs. We're bringing both of those back for, for the first time in a while. And then your last AMRAP is wall balls and med ball sit-ups. And then as always, Sunday the 6th is our hypertrophy, a.k.a. sexy muscle training, working on arms and tries. There, you just got to show up for that one to see what it is. That's your programming for the week, Frostbite. Enjoy it. Or if you're not currently a Frostbite member, steal it. Enjoy the episode. It's your anniversary. Spending it with you. You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Sherek. Baloney without your wife. That was her present for him. <laughs> a break. Yeah. I'm going to give you about four hours by yourself. Well, very cool. Do you guys do anything else? Like for our anniversary? I mean, Me? for whatever you want to call it. Yeah, whatever you do. Yeah, for yourself, for you guys. Because for... no, today's Thursday. So <laughs> he worked. We're going to celebrate. It's four, man. What We're going to celebrate four? on Saturday. Like, That's nice. Like what material? Celebrate. We don't even do that. Well, uh, we're going to go on. on a date day because we finally have a babysitter. Sherrick's twin brother is going to watch Isla, him and his wife, and we're going to have a date. What is a four-year anniversary element? There, it, it isn't. It goes by fives, doesn't it? There's no, I think it's the... No, four is... Uh, uh, Wasn't that like wood or plastic or something? Wood is five. Oh, my God. Three is leather. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Uh, hey, my third's uh, coming up this year, so <laughs> get the leather ready. Uh, four. Oh, four really gets screwed and not in the leather type of way. Fruit and flowers. Oh, I love fruit. Sounds good. <laughs> of course, April. So right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Anne is. Uh, was sixty is diamond? You guys know that? It stops there. 60. Do I have enough? Years I know you're not sixty. 60. <laughs> yeah, you know, we gotta live a long time. Is there yeah. every, is there a thing for every year? Yeah. yeah. Every year. Mm -hmm. Every year. I thought every it was year. like the fives. Oh. No, I think the you fives. Know, fives wow. are like the big. Fives are like the metals. So like, okay. one is paper. That's obviously not a metal. Five is wood. Ten is aluminum. 15 is crystal, 20 is uh, platinum or China. I assume not the country. I'm assuming like the, like the plates, yeah. China. Yeah. I think so. 20, 25 is silver. Oh. And where are you at? I just had my 18th. 18th. Wow. Porcelain. Oh, yeah. We got a new toilet something... this year. Porcelain <laughs> <laughs> toilet? Okay, bougie girl. Oh. That would have been great. That, that would have been a great part to end the podcast. Though. Yes. Can we co can we roll back to that? <laughs> it'll all it'll all circle back. So, random question: Are these what you're supposed to buy for your like significant other? I yeah. It's like they're supposed to be the gift. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Who Here's buys what man. though? You each have to buy. We buy each other a toilet. There's <laughs> couples toilets. <laughs> Speaking of toilets, we started potty training in my house. It's How's that going? He is the bomb at it. He's great. <laughs> he loves to do it. So he'll do anything I ask him to to stall going to bed. 
like today he asked to brush his teeth before his nap, which we never do. He was like, let's clean up. Let's, let's, let's take the trash. Let's do dishes. Let's brush his teeth and all this other stuff. And he was, he was totally about, he goes, go pee pee. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, you know, it's cool. We got this little thing. It looks like a, like a little walker thing. You put it on top of the toilet and he sits down and I'm at a stage in my life where I never thought I would be. I'm sitting on a bathtub and I'm looking at his crotch and he's <laughs> so funny because he's just exerting himself so hard and he goes to try to pee so he doesn't have to go to bed yet <laughs> yeah like like he pushes i'm like dude you're gonna give yourself an ulcer you better chill no he's gonna give himself a hemorrhoid is what he's gonna do <laughs> yeah. yeah and then he and he does it and, he, and he's so proud and he tries you know he keeps he gets like you know three or four rounds i guess we'll call him out and then uh, he goes for the last one and inevitably it doesn't work and he knows how to flush and we got to that i don't know i don't know if rachel flushed with him or she just done it afterwards i don't really need to it's not like it's a ton anyway but like we flushed it and i didn't like prepare him that it was going to happen so like we got to that point where i was like oh no what am i doing i like i'm throwing away like he might have attachment to this he might think it's part of him but he's totally cool with it like it was dodged a bullet but it's uh it's great it's it's a highlight <laughs> in my life right now i was sitting on the bathtub watching my Ugh, that was not the highlight of my life potty training I, I just think it's so funny i mean uh, and we just bought underwear we just bought little kid underwear so we got uh little superman and batman and all that stuff i don't know how to, it's, it's great speaking of going pee uh, wow nice come on It'll that was good, good. i like you first. planned that uh planned i didn't actually I, I, I thank you for giving me that much credit. I promise you it was <laughs> at the last second. <laughs> Dang, you guys can probably hear a fourth voice, a third female voice. We have uh, Ashley Nimi on as yes. our guest today. It, it still takes me a second to say Nimi and not say Gerdish. I know, I know. You just yeah, always want to continue to use yeah. my maiden name. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to act like it's sad. It's a it, it's a small ask for I me. I know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, actually, welcome to our hit podcast. Well, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> our hit, our hit in quotes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> like I told somebody the other day, we are the Midwest region's foremost specific to functional fitness podcast, hosted by two females and a male. I don't even know if that's I true. I don't know what you just said. I'm not even sure. I'm, just I'm confused. Throw, I'm just saying, if you throw on enough filters on anything, we're at the top. Fantastic. So we're doing pretty good. People can probably, they probably already know what this podcast is about because as spoiler alert, people click on podcast and like it says like who's on what the topic is. And there's probably going to be an intro that I've yet to record at the beginning of this, this thing, but I don't want to spoil anything besides that just yet. I want to get to know you first before we get to the topic. So Ashley, tell us all the deets about where you were born, where you're from. Yeah, so I was born and raised in a suburb of Toledo, Ohio, uh, which I know is a really big thing around these parts to be from Ohio. 
But We're Toledo is part of Michigan, so it's fine. <laughs> I, it's, it used to be, right? So it's close enough. So I lived there up until I went to college. And then I went to the University of Evansville, which is in southern Indiana, basically between cornfields and a casino. Uh, that's where I did my undergrad and PT school. Um, so I was there for about six and a half years. And then I moved to Michigan after that for my first job and haven't left, apparently. That's yeah, not a bad place to be. I mean, there are worse. I can think of one right off the top of my head. Are you going to say Ohio because we're the yeah. armpit of America? Yeah. <laughs> You're like the wrist yeah. to our hand. Oh, that's really sweet, Ann. <laughs> uh, well, what got you into uh, wanting to be a PT? What was the reason for that? So I got, I played high school soccer. I was a goalkeeper. So I got injured a couple of times and I went to PT as one would. And then I was like, you know, that seems pretty cool. And then my dad had a knee replacement. My grandma had a knee replacement. So I spent some time in the clinic with them. And then I was like, you know what? I could do this. My dad is a nurse. My mom's respiratory therapist. So like medical runs really deep in my field or in my family. And uh, I was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with blood or guts or pee or poop. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what? PT sounds really great. Um, originally, I wanted to be a sports physical therapist. So I was like, athletes, this is so awesome. Orthopedics, which I did for a little while. And then I had a lot of pregnant or postpartum women that were like, my back hurts, my hip hurts, things like that. And we work on it and it would get great. And you make those connections with people and they're like, hey, but I pee a little when this happens. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm not your girl. And I would refer them out. And okay. it became a, a more consistent thing. And my boss was like, hey, it sounds like you really found your niche. And I like, I took that to heart. <laughs> I was a crisis of like career a, at that moment. <laughs> you're a urine magnet. <laughs> Pretty much. And um, so I did a pregnancy and postpartum physical therapy course. And they're like, great, now you can help all these women that are pregnant or recently postpartum because they don't really, they, it's a three hour lecture and three and a half years of PT school. They don't really cover it. So, yeah. wow. so they're like, so great, you can help all these women. And they're like, but here's the deal. They're gonna have urinary incontinence and you're gonna wanna take this class because you're gonna need to do a vaginal exam and things like that. So then I took that class and they're like, fantastic. Now you can work with all these women that have urinary incontinence issues, uh, but they're going to have pain and bowel issues. So you're going to take the next class. It was literally like a rabbit hole of like, Sounds like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much out of the 38 people that I graduated with from PT school, I am the only pelvic floor physical therapist out of my graduating class. So okay. It's like 1% of PTs that graduate become a pelvic floor PT. So yeah, it's kind of a pyramid scheme because there's not a lot of us. <laughs> I still think it's super unfortunate, despite the fact that there's like a smaller percentage, that they didn't even cover anything in school. Like, no. Have an opportunity to have exposure or to be interested in that. Like, yeah, so like it was three hours and basically they went over like what the changes that happened during pregnancy, basically your your heart rate um, changes, your heart changes, the blood volume changes, how your um, lungs change, you know, like your volume of like air and things like that. And then like the only thing PT wise that I can remember after all this time is you can't exercise a woman flat on her back after her first trimester. But it's literally the only thing that I remember in those three and a half hours. But it's yeah. crazy because so many women and so many people go through this. Yeah. Like, 
phase of life. And so it's impacting a lot of people. Yeah. And one of the big things is like, especially like postpartum, like postpartum is for life. Once you have one child, like that is your, your life as it is, whether you have multiple or not, and your body changes because of that. So, yeah, that's something I didn't learn until my wife had a kid just as a male. I don't know if you women have ever heard that growing up, but I, I honestly did not hear that until my wife gave birth the first time or until right before, right after. Last forever? Yeah, it was just, it was just a concept. I, I, was, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it, was, I I it, it wasn't even thought of. A year ago, probably. I probably didn't even know, like I, I probably hadn't even heard the word postpartum until I was pregnant. Yeah. I just yeah. thought postpartum was like a month. Yeah. So they actually start calling it the fourth trimester is like the first like three to four months post like postpartum after you deliver. Um, Cause that's when there's like so many of like the changes happen immediately in the body, whether you're um, nursing or not. But yeah, like postpartum though, with like for real, it's for life. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay. Good. So it sounds like it's safe to say a expert on the topic. I know a little, a little something about it. Expert is a little, that's a little, I, we're always in the medical field. You're always continuing to learn and to grow. So that word's a little heavy for me, but I, I know a little something, something. Okay. You don't have, you don't have to say it, but amongst uh, this crew, let's call you're you the, the expert, expert of the four. Okay. I'll roll with that one then. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to feel kind of proud. Like if you said like 1% of PTs go into this, that you to have all these people like trust in you before you even knew anything like that has a lot to say about the person you are, which is really nice. Well, thank you. It's, it, you know, it's one of those things that like I got into PT to help people like back pain, hip pain, all that stuff. And this particular pelvic floor population, men, women, children included has given me a totally different sense of purpose than when I originally had started PT with. So it's, Really, I like to say, you know, you, you do it for your patients, you know, you do it because you care. When did you start going down this specific focus? So I graduated from PT school in 2014 and I practiced for about a year and a half, strictly orthopedics. And then I would say my first ever pregnancy pelvic floor class was May 2016. So okay. I, so it's been about four, four years now almost okay. so yeah so i don't think we, we've covered it yet but that's how i know ashley is ashley you were one of the first people at frostbite you're one you're one of the yes. few people that that supersedes april even and yeah i met you and amanda uh, yes. shout out to amanda if she's listening formerly pickworth crucial is that one crucial yeah yeah God, this whole change in our last name. <laughs> last names. This is I really think her name is technically hyphenated, so I don't think you'd be wrong. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I'll just go with Amanda and just let her call me whatever. So, yeah. So, I, I don't even think that, to me, um, it was a fairly new thing then. I don't even think I had known. I can't say if I knew it five years ago. If this was – obviously, I, I knew it was an issue or something that had happened, right? Because mm -hmm. we've gotten into – so, here's, here's the long – rant that I'm getting onto is here's the hybrid of obviously why we're talking about this and the setting we're talking about this is in CrossFit, this is something that tends to happen or just women get pregnant and then they come back to CrossFit. So this mm -hmm. is, this is important regardless of whether it's urinary issues or anything that we've talked about so far. So this is, this is why I think it's so great because I, because I know you personally pretty well. I was 
and to have you on somebody who I at least trust, maybe that'll you know, hopefully validate. I don't think we need any more. You escaped Ohio. I know. That's <laughs> so one of the big buzzwords that us trainers like to use is pelvic floor. Like you got to work on your pelvic floor. What is the purpose of the pelvic floor and what are the common problems? And what sure. Is it? What okay. Is the pelvic floor. What is the pelvic floor? Floor. Is it a floor? Is it an actual floor? Is it hardwood or tile? Uh, none of the above. Um, <laughs> so the pelvic floor is really comprised of three specific muscles. Most medical professionals, um, physicians will refer to it as the levator ani. It's a muscle group, like we call the hamstrings, the hamstrings, because it's. But there are three separate muscles that create the hamstring. So it's a similar like concept. So what it does is it creates the bottom bowl. So if you look at the pelvis, there is an opening. If you look at the an actual just like bony pelvis, you have your hip bones and then it comes down, looks like a little heart shape, and then it's just all open in the bottom. Um, so your pelvic floor creates a bowl of support for your bladder, uh, for women, their uterus, and for the rectum. Now, the actual function of the pelvic floor helps for you to hold back urine and, and your bowel movements. It allows you to go because in order to have a bowel movement, in order to urinate, those muscles have to relax and elongate um, and come to a, a more relaxed position so that you can have a bowel movement, so you can let those things out. Um, but it also helps with sexual function with men. It allows them to get an erection and ejaculation. It helps with orgasms. Uh, it helps with childbirth, with labor and delivery. So it's a lot more complicated and a lot more complex than people like to that, that initially think about it. Sounds important. Vitally. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And so the big thing is, is that there's the pelvic floor muscles. There's only three particular muscles that control bowel bladder function internally. Externally, you have a whole nother layer of muscles that control sexual function and general support. Uh, a lot of times in childbirth, those muscles will tear. And that's where that, that tearing comes from, where stitches postpartum come from. But the hip muscles, a lot of the hip rotators, which you work a lot on in like the prehab, you know, type movements for CrossFit, run closely. There have fascial connections to the pelvic floor. So if you have weak hip muscles, your pelvic floor sometimes will overactivate and over respond to the lack of stability within the pelvis. So now it's trying to do two jobs, three jobs, four jobs. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of the problems that people see is like urinary leaking. So they leak urine when they cough, laugh, and sneeze, or jump, or run, or lift, or carry. Sometimes it's even changing of position that <laughs> oh, or does that will leak anything. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But the big thing, you know, constipation is a huge thing. And so the which it affects the, the bladder as well, because if you think about it, if you're not going to the bathroom regularly, your colon, your rectum is just filling with stool, which is putting pressure on your vaginal canal for women and then puts pressure on your bladder. So your bladder doesn't have enough room to expand. So if you're not pooping every day, it ain't going to help yourself. Ooh, so we can talk about this too. Pooping <laughs> is a taboo topic that nobody likes to talk about, but it's one of my favorite topics. It's important. <laughs> It, it is. Tells you, it, tell, it can tell you a lot. Yes. There's been a lot of people who start talking about their stools. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I sounded scientific. I said stool. 
if people start talking about their stools, they find out a lot about their health. What what general guidelines can people look for or, or yeah, I guess just look for out of their stool? Again, generally. I know yeah. it's hard to speak broad. Yeah. But maybe it would bring somebody, you know, maybe if you say like every day or two, and was like, oh, I thought once a week was normal or, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So a uh, normal gastrointestinal physician, so the GI physicians, um, their rule of thumb is that you have to poop at least three times a week um, to be considered normal. Uh, but no more than three times a day, which to me, that's a really broad range. And so <laughs> I, ideally, I like to see my patients have a bowel movement every day or every other day. It shouldn't be hard to have a bowel movement. It shouldn't be painful. There shouldn't be blood when you wipe. There shouldn't be blood in the toilet. Like it should be nice and comfortable. We all need to poop in a deep squat. So squatty, squatty, squatty bodies. Squatty bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all about Do you it. use one, Charlie? Now. Every time. All the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got them in both wow. bathrooms. Yeah. If you ever want a good laugh, look at the Squatty Potty commercial. Those guys are brilliant. It's the same guys who did, and girls, same company that did uh, the Orbit commercials. You know that? I didn't. Um, but the company that uh, that created the Squatty Potty also created the Poo-Pourri spray. Oh, Wow, they really Dang. got a niche. <laughs> they found their niche. They like poop as much as Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> very, I don't know. Uh, but the color and the consistency, uh, people get really uncomfortable about looking in the toilet. But honestly, like the color will tell you a lot. Uh, it should be like a brown color, light brown, slightly dark brown. If it's like black or green or yellow that's problematic please go see your physician and you know the you just ate superman ice cream the night before right 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 <laughs> unless yes <laughs> there's a caveat now like if you ate a ton of carrots your poop and your stool will be a slight a slight orange tinge or might have a little bit more of a color to it i mean it it varies, right? Um, as your body digests certain foods, your stool will change color, it'll stay, change consistency. But my, there is, a, it's called the Bristol stool chart. It is literally a chart of poop um, with specific after, grades. After somebody named Bristol, I'm guessing. I'm going to assume I don't know the history with so this it. This is like the Heimlich guy, but this guy got the stool chart. He got the poop chart. I'm um, surprised, but Anne, I think that we should buy Charlie a, this poop chart for his birthday. Uh, I'm already looking it up on Amazon. Bristol, guys, it, it comes on a Bristol, coffee cup. Bristol, the, Ooh, if you type in Bristol, the first, the first thing that pops cup. up is stool chart. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. So, so. <laughs> Ideally, the consistency, Charlie, since you're looking at it right now, is between, I, I so it's, it's a grade uh, one to seven. So one and two are considered constipated. Um, so if you're thinking about like um, uh, Whoppers or Almond Joys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this looks like. Yeah, look at the kids version. Uh, the kids version oh, of the Bristol Stool Chart is yeah. actually like candy. This is good. And food. Um, so those are considered constipated. Three, four, and five is considered normal and ideal. Four is most ideal because it's smooth. It's snake-like. It shouldn't be hard to pass. It, it should not be super mushy, but at least has some sort of formed consistency to it. Number six and number seven are considered diarrhea, which means that the food is moving too quickly through your GI system. And so it can 
have, you know, very either undefined pieces or no pieces at all. Yeah, this is, uh, that was almost word for word. Are you looking word. at the kids one? Because I pulled I, it up. The kids one is almost worse because worse. it identifies with food. <laughs> I can't look at the kids one. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go from Maltesers to grapes to like what looks like a payday. Mm -hmm. And then brats. Ew. <laughs> it really, it really it's jumps gross. the shark. And then peanut butter, and then some kind of mushroom candy. Oh, sorry, uh, mushy candy. Peanut butter. Candy. Is that like diarrhea? That's candy? five. So That's that like would be number five. So that five is on the tail end of normal. Yeah, and then seven is uh, milkshake. Yeah, which and is kind of gross. In all the boys of the yard. I can guarantee it. <laughs> God, what a this is so this is really quickly becoming my favorite podcast. A, an effect on your pelvic floor. Yeah. So what happens is is that your rectum, so female pelvic floor in general, okay. So the bladder, the uterus, and the rectum are all stacked on top of each other. When you insert a finger into the vaginal canal, if you feel up towards the ceiling, towards the front of the pubic bone, you're going to feel the front wall of the vagina, and that's going to be where the bladder sits. If you were to turn your finger down and push down and feel back towards like the back or the spine, you're going, that's the back wall of the vagina, and you're going to feel the rectum. So if someone hasn't had a bowel movement in a significant period of time, it is stored in the rectum, and you can feel during during vaginal exams, you can feel the ridges of the stool because it's pushing up into the vaginal canal. I'll have to make sure to put a, uh, a preface on this. <laughs> Don't be eating. <laughs> we have to put a warning label on this yeah, one. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> People are going to come for the pee talk and stay for the poop talk. <laughs> But it, I mean, it all affects everything. It does. It, it is super important. And so like if you're constipated, right, and then you're doing double unders and you're having all this extra pressure on your bladder and you have a weak pelvic floor because you had a child or you had surgery or, you know, there's a million things under the sun, you are more likely to leak just because you. it's all about pressure management. Okay. Interesting. So we need to poop before class. And maybe get it all out, man. I don't think you save anything. No, I'm not. I poop every morning. I'm. Not, it's not constipation oh, that. I was just trying to reduce your pressure, so you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Is it in the right food group range? With a, can you be born with a weak pelvic floor? Because you said children, and I think I was just born with one. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you're not, you're technically born with a weak pelvic floor. A lot of times you can have constipation issues as a child and it can be, you know, you're having digestive issues because you're lactose intolerant or you, you know, started solids a little early or you had your, your body just had difficulty digesting for whatever reason you're constipated, your pelvic floor can ha hold more tone and can rest a little bit higher. Kids that have cerebral palsy or autism or uh, ADD, ADHD, kids that are just defiant in general, they don't want to go to the bathroom. And so they will hold it. And so that creates high tone. And we think that a lot of people think, oh, high tone means stronger. It doesn't. It just means that it's going to get more tired more quickly. And you're going to end up with urinary leaking, not being able to hold back your bowels. I mean, it's going to like these particular patterns that we create as children follow us into adults. So you could have 
poor nutrition habits, poor hydration habits, poor toileting habits as a child um, that have now followed you through life. And now you are uh, a compilation of all of your life events and all of your life habits. And now this is where you're at. Jeez, the mind's being blown right now. (laughs) I don't don't think I never had any like digestive issues, but I never, and I wasn't like um, ADHD or anything, but I never, I always was out playing with my friends and I never wanted to go to the bathroom and I never wanted to miss out. And I would like, I remember being at a roller skating party playing Pac-Man and I had to pee. It was my birthday party and I had to pee so bad, but I did not want to leave the game. I did not want to leave the party and I peed my pants and I had to go home and change at my own party because I wouldn't go. And now I think it's following me to adulthood. Yes. <laughs> so very, you- very traumatizing. <laughs> you, you should be urinating. You should be peeing every two to four hours. So, so me too. So no, yeah. Well, April right now it's a little bit different because your baby's sitting on your bladder. So, but realistically, I mean, it also depends on how much fluid you're intaking too, right? If you're drinking a gallon of water over the course of like three or four hours, of course you're going to pee more because your bladder is only supposed to hold sixteen ounces at max. So I don't drink that much water. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you peeing enough if you're not worried? All you're just, fluids count. I don't know. Like, you're just I it from the air? It's the morning. I will. Okay. So I will pee. This is very. I'll Let's wake up it. and pee, which everybody does. But then mm-hmm. I'll probably like half hour later, I'll probably have to pee again. And then I drink my bark in the morning, bark. which is supposed to be pre-workout, but it's my coffee. And that makes me have to pee like no other and then I, I, I pee a lot in the morning. So diuretic, right? Yeah. So here's the thing though, is caffeine, coffee, chocolate, soda, alcohol, tomato based products, uh, carbonated beverages are all bladder irritants. So if you are going to the bathroom in the morning and then you go and drink coffee or a spark without consuming additional water, you're basically just putting a bladder irritant into your bladder. And that's why you have to pee so often because your body is like, get it out of me right now. I don't want it anymore. I need to drink more water. (laughs) That's what I heard. (laughs) Don't drink spark. You know how I can't not drink it. Alcohol. He does his one to one with a glass of water and a glass of alcohol. That's just Mm -hmm. what you need to do with your yeah exactly your spark. Yeah, it's not that you have to give it up. It's not that is not it at all. It's you just have to manage it a little bit better. If you know something irritates you and makes you pee more often, you just have to cut it with water and drink more water. You know. I have patients that refuse to give up their coffee. And I'm like, cool, you get 16 ounces of coffee, you get immediately 16 ounces of water after that. (laughs) So you should drink it after or before? Either. Okay. It just needs to be within about 30 minutes, I'd say 15 to 30 minutes of consuming. I always bribe myself in the morning. I don't let myself have my coffee until I have a glass of water. You have to drink your water and then you get coffee. I was so proud of you, April. (laughs) I'm kind of hijacking this because I have more questions about myself. (laughs) Please do. Okay. So I have always like 
feed my, like before even kids. And my mom, when she was younger, she used to laugh and pee her pants. My sister's really bad at laughing and peeing her pants, and she's never had kids. I used to be really bad at laughing and peeing my pants. That's obviously not normal. I just assumed it was. No. So there's actually, I think it's family, like a maybe it's so it's maybe more of so there is like I think it's called giggle syndrome I may or may not be correct with that but it happens when like especially like young girls they laugh and they laugh like a little hard and it creates increased pressure and so it literally what it really can be is that it's just a lack of pressure management and so when you laugh cough and sneeze, you create increased intra-abdominal pressure, and that pressure has to go somewhere. It, so if the abs are in the front, you have your, your back muscles in the back, diaphragm's on top, pelvic floor's on the bottom. Well, your ab muscles and your back muscles are so large and strong, they're not going to lose this battle. Your diaphragm is gigantic, and unless you have a hole in it, it's not going to lose that battle. The pelvic floor for women has three openings, so that pressure has to go somewhere. Yeah. Wow. But why don't all women do that? Then? Like, why is it just you just have? So it could be a oh, gosh, April. <laughs> you're just killing so, me, Anne. So I'm going to go off on kind of a different. I don't know if it's conspiracy theory. I don't know how proven it is, but I've heard of this theory of people who have flat feet. Parents usually have flat feet, also, and it's a. The theory is is, is that it's less genetic as it is learned. So when you're a kid, think about where you are in relation to your parents learning how to walk and you see your parents and you see the arches of their feet flatten out. So that could be the way that you learned how to walk was just with a collapsed arch. Now there obviously could be a genetic, or probably is a genetic component to that as well. But could that be something like maybe Anne growing up that she saw her mom laughing a certain way it's- and peeing it normalized it? <laughs> possibly I'm not I mean that it's the argument right nature versus nurture like who really knows it's six of one way half a dozen of the other but also to like how her bladder how your bladder habits and were as a kid already so if you held it until like the brinky brink of like overflowing of the cup you know your bladder gets to a point where it's overstretched and then it's not going to give you the proper signals when it hits a certain point like hey it's time to pee it will wait and wait and wait until you're about ready to explode and then it's like crap i have to go to the bathroom right now so you may not have had that urge to pee but it was already pat at capacity okay interesting i am yeah. fascinated right now <laughs> I'm having so much fun. I am too. I'm finding out, like, I always just thought, like, I don't know. They're like, oh, it sucks. Like, I never even heard of a pelvic floor, ever. Yeah, so it's crazy because I have, I have colleagues that have been practicing in the pelvic floor physical therapy field for, like, 20-plus years. So we think that – never talked about. Mm-mm. Nope. So the Midwest is the last to kind of fall in line, but – the East Coast and the West Coast have been practicing pelvic floor PT for quite some time. Yeah, we're not the tip of the spear. We're, uh, <laughs> we're more towards the back part. I've had an interesting experience because I never, I never remember experiencing any leakage or like peeing during anything until I was postpartum with my first baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I experienced it all. I peed during double unders, during squats, like everything. I felt it all. But now that I'm pregnant again, 
it's gotten better. Like I don't Peter in my double unders now when I'm pregnant, but I did That's when weird. I was postpartum. Are you doing them as fast as you used to? They feel pretty normal. Okay. And everyone, everyone makes the joke at the gym that the baby's just holding it closed for me, but <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> well, you know, some, because when you're pregnant, your center of gravity changes, right? So your posture changes. So it may have, it might actually be more of a postural change while you're pregnant um, than, than anything else um, without being able to watch you actually do it. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Just, just, it's been weird and a weird experience going through. The yeah. cycles of peeing and not peeing, but I'm happy when I don't. <laughs> um, do you guys have any more personal questions? Because I got a question from the male coach point of view. Take the floor, Charlie. Go ahead. I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll jump in again. That's fine. I mean, this is yeah, this is this is why I mean you guys are on here for a myriad of reasons. But so as a male coach, mm-hmm. obviously as with a lot of other things, if I don't experience it myself, people either view me or I feel underqualified to speak to something. And what happens without doubt, every single time somebody pees, somebody says, oh, it's because I had kids or something like that. In general, should women be peeing during exercise or exerting themselves? So the long and short of the answer is no. So it is incredibly common. I think there was somewhere of an upward statistics of like 90 plus percent, maybe 95% of women over the course of their entire lifetime will experience urinary leaking for one reason or the other surgery, uh, just personal bladder habits or like pregnancy and postpartum. So at some point in our lives, all most all women will experience urinary leakage. It is common. Okay. It is not normal. And then other than inconvenience, I mean, I got to get the mop bucket out, you got to change your pants. Other than those, what can urinating during certain movements cause or be a sign of? I think we've kind of caused, talked about a couple of them, but. Yeah. So one, you're more likely to get skin breakdown. So the, so the actual, so everyone calls the vagina, like all the external genitalia of a, of a woman, uh, the vagina. That's not it. That's the vulva. Um, and it's just me being picky, what we call it. Um, but that particular skin on the outside of, of the general area is very thin. Um, it can have a lot of skin breakdown. You can get rashes. You can get infections. I mean, there's the list kind of goes on and on and on um, when it comes to that type of, like, if you urinate and you, especially if you let it sit. Now, if you immediately go and change and clean up afterwards and things like that, that's a little bit different. Um, but if you're urinating during a workout, that tells me that there's a couple of things happening. You're having either a strength issue in your pelvic floor or you're having a pressure management issue. If you're having pressure management issues, you're probably also having some constipation, some hemorrhoids, pain with bowel movements. You might have what's called a pelvic organ prolapse, which is like a whole nother ball game. But long and short of that means is that your organs are not being supported the way that they should and may increase pressure in the vaginal area. And they not necessarily fall out because that's not the right word for it, but they're displaced. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, and if that's, and if there's just straight weakness, you know, the pelvic organ prolapse can, that can be a thing too. And so 
30s, 40s, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, that might not be such an issue now, but 50s, 60s, 70s, depending on how long you live, you know, the quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, if you don't get things cleaned up quick, it's definitely an inconvenience. So it's, it can be obviously anywhere from rashes, which may be more mild to mm-hmm. pretty extreme sign of potential problems or things to come. Besides a benefit there, the way that I like to explain why we do things in the CrossFit gym to people is I try to give either a functional and or a performance and or a aesthetic reason mm-hmm. to do something like, so if take so take uh, pressing out on the shoulder to full extension, right? Why do we do that? So functionally, it's got the most range of motion. You're developing strength through all of these planes. Mm-hmm. Um, aesthetically, it can help strengthen those muscles in the posterior to help correct some postural issues. And obviously performance, it's not a jerk or a full lockout unless I go all the way overhead. So that's, that's how we like to explain things there. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you know, maybe that's more the functional aesthetic is, I don't even get close to that, but like maybe like the performance. Uh, yeah. So functionally, if you have a strong, so functional and performance, if you have strong functioning pelvic floor, you could probably lift more. You can lift heavier. You can have better mechanics, your squat and deadlift. Aesthetically, I know you don't want to go there, but aesthetically, it. Stronger pelvic floors means that you're probably going to have a better orgasm or that you're going to achieve orgasm faster. So WAP was about? I'm going to have no comment on that one. (laughs) Sign it all in. Maybe she talked about pelvic floor in her song. I just missed it. Maybe we were giggling too hard. Stop too early. Yeah. So, I mean, so function and performance wise, it's, it's going to give you a better base. So if you think of the pelvis of the foundation of the house, everything is built off of up, up above it. And then the everything else is below it, the hips, knees, and ankles. So if you don't have a strong foundation, you don't have a strong middle, you're going to end up having, you know, issues in either direction. Okay. So I'm assuming, sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm assuming that most of your clients are female. Do men, I mean, how would a man know they have a weak pelvic? So here's the thing when it comes to to my gentlemen, um, I usually see them immediately after when their prostate is removed. So that's 50s, 60s, maybe 70s because of usually related to cancer and they have urinary leakage and they are sent to me by their surgeon like immediately after the fact. I have most of my guys don't come to see me for bladder issues. It's usually more bowel. They're constipated. They can't go. They can't hold it back. You know, those types of things. Or like they're having pain or spasms in their rectal area. The skin between the testicles and the anus is called the perineum. But most commonly, I see men for testicular pain. And that's usually within two weeks of it happening because they're afraid their testicles are going to fall off. <laughs> it's, a, it's something that keeps me up at night. <laughs> and, you know, I got to say, when men have pelvic floor problems, I usually see them within the first two weeks to like six months of the problem starting. 
Typically, I see my women with pelvic floor issues anywhere between like I saw a woman four days after birth because she had difficulty walking that she's rare. Most women I see anywhere between a year to 10 years after the fact. Because we think it's normal. We're just. Yeah, because we're, we're tough. Out. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are also not believed as much. That's a whole thing, too. Right. Like, <laughs> That's a whole nother yeah. ball game. That's a and whole can of worms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maternal maternal care postpartum is one of those things that's like a hot button topic whenever you talk to a, a women's health professional, whether it's a pregnancy and postpartum coach or a PT or you know, it's it's not great. So speaking of coaches and PTs and sure. stuff like that. I mean, I'm sold on the importance. I don't know about you guys. You had me at, you, you said erection like five minutes into this thing. I was <laughs> You're like, let's go. <laughs> let's, I mean, that's not a problem. You know, it'd, be, it'd be real embarrassing if it was, but uh, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, who could? Uh, anyway. Carly's making an appointment with you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I'll see you. <laughs> yeah. You got a guy named John Doe. Just treat me all nicely. He's a good guy. Uh, what, how, how would somebody go about fixing this? A lot of times there's complaints to like the physician, right? That you're having leaking or pain or, you know, something of the like. If you're really close with your physician, then they'll usually be like, you know, try these Kegels. They'll, tr they'll have you try something and then usually coming back and it's, it's a longer process. And then they, they may or may not know about pelvic floor PT. So that's always the gamble. In the state of Michigan, we have what's called direct access, which means, and you could call my clinic tomorrow and you could make an appointment with me and you have 21 days to, to seek treatment with me legally by law that we could treat you without no notifying your physician or without a physician's referral. Yeah, which is really cool. We have a couple, I think we have like four or five pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaches. So they specifically have taken uh, a course. Her name is Brianna Battles. She's out of California. She is fantastic. Mm -hmm. yep. She has pioneered the this pregnancy and postpartum athleticism and uh, the this athleticism into the fourth trimester. Um, and so they have taken her course, which is comprised, I'm halfway through it, I think, comprised of professionals of all different levels, nutritionists, um, dietitians, psychologists, OBGYNs, urologists, you know, people of all aspects of the industry. And so they specifically have been educated on how to work with and how to train women that are pregnant or postpartum. So, and that doesn't require a referral. That is like basically as like a personal trainer or as like a CrossFit coach and working through it that way. Now, as it comes to a PT, if you want your insurance to pay for it, you, most insurances require a physician's signature on a prescription of like, hey, go see Ashley for a PT. Um, and that's all that it even has to say. It doesn't even need to say much. It just needs to like have your name and their signature on it, to be honest. Okay. So yeah, a couple different avenues. You can go anywhere from mm -hmm. PT right away, go through the doctor and get a referral that way, or there's a bunch of coaches and certificates out there that people can know what they're doing because it's again it's this is obviously we, we started this topic because we knew that there was some importance to it but I don't, I don't know about you guys but this sounds a lot more important to me now than it did 60 minutes ago yeah I mean I always just I mean I mean I've I think 
for a couple of years I've heard about like, but literally only for a couple of years, like a couple of years ago, I heard about this. And then like, right. I just assumed like, oh, I had, a, like you said, I had a kid. This is how it is. And yeah. Oh, I'm going to live my life for the rest of my life. And if you like, if you had like a couple drops of urine when you cough, laughed, or sneezed, and like it didn't bother you, and it happened like once every like a couple of weeks, like that's totally fine. If you want to, if it happens every day, and you just wear panty liners, the urinary incontinence panty liners, not menstrual panty liners, because those are two different things, and they don't work the same. But and you know the the phrase is pat up and play because there are certain conditions, there are certain things that like even as the best PT that you have, you still might have a little bit of urinary leakage with some things. And so wearing a pad is no way, shape or form, you know, a failure. It's just, it's like wearing an ankle brace. Sometimes you need that little extra something to help, to help you out. So if you don't want to live with it, that's a whole different story. And, you know, wanting that progress and that change is, is something different, but if you're okay with it. Well, is that like, cause you said laugh, or what was it? Sneeze. Cough, laugh, and sneeze. So like I cough, laugh, and sneeze, and I don't pee my pants. It's mm -hmm. if I extremely laugh or if I'm jumping rope, mm -hmm. basically. Right. Yeah. But right. So I mean, you're just increasing all levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the amount of intra-abdominal pressure that you create when you cough, laugh, and sneeze on a normal occasion is not it doesn't exceed what your pelvic floor can handle. Okay. When you laugh really hard or hysterically or patients that have like bronchitis or like where they're coughing a lot repeatedly over and over and over again, their pelvic floor gets tired. You know, it's like any muscle they're made of fast twitch and slow twitch fibers. So they're meant for quick power, but also endurance. Eventually they'll get tired and they'll fail. Hmm. Now this is a, another question about peeing. Okay. You so you said holding your pee is bad. <laughs> when you exceed four hours in over sixteen good, ounces, <laughs> is it good to? I've always heard when you're peeing to stop mm -hmm. peeing in the middle of your pee to strengthen. Or what? So I've never heard that. Stop oh. your pee in the middle of the stream and then go off the toilet. No. You just she means like a start like, stop. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so like heard this control. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, here like, that's supposed to strengthen or something. I don't know. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, I tell patients to do that when they have difficulty finding those muscles, associating those muscles. When it's like, hey, I need you to try to hold back your urine, and I'm feeling the pelvic floor, and they they their brain and their body is not connecting, right? So you have to have that brain body connection of like how things function. So I'm like, Hey, look, when you're sitting on the toilet, try to stop your urine midstream. And then they, they're like, Oh, those muscles got it. Now to do that repeatedly over and over and over again, is not super great because what you're doing in order to urinate, your pelvic floor muscles have to relax. Your bladder then contracts because the bladder itself is a muscle. It's a smooth muscle. It's controlled by nerves. You have no control over it. Okay. When you contract your pelvic floor muscles, it sends a signal to the bladder, hey, quit contracting, you need to hold it. There's a delay, it contracts a little, then goes back to the storage, but you're still slightly exerting force. So you're pinching off the urethra, which then balloons behind the muscles. And so eventually you can overstretch that urethra and then you can have leaking from that. Uh, 
No, no wow. practice. Don't do that. So I never you, did it. My sister always told me to do it. I never did it. <laughs> if you have difficulty like contracting those muscles, then yeah, once or twice isn't going to be like the end of the world to have that association. To do that repeatedly over and over and over again, probably not the best. I bet everybody that listens to this podcast is going to try that if they've never tried. Probably. The other Sorry thing stopping. is. <laughs> the other thing is too is that when you do a pelvic floor contraction you should be able to do a, a kegel a pelvic floor contraction without anyone knowing so like i'm doing them right now i just did one right now <laughs> so but what what happens is is when you use a lot of times people use their hip adductors or their glutes to overcompensate for a weak pelvic floor they end up like bouncing up in the chair <laughs> i did one did you guys see it yeah <laughs> So that's how you can tell if you're doing it correctly. If you feel a vertical movement, you're not doing a pelvic floor contraction. You're using, you're doing a glute squeeze. You want to be able to lift the anus, the testicles, the vagina up off and away from the chair without other additional movements. So guys can do kegels. Yes, of course. They have the same pelvic floor. You just have one less opening because you have a urethral opening and a rectal opening and that's it. And that's it. That's it. I'm not, I'm not weird down there. I only got two. <laughs> That's nice. Three's the way to go. I'm telling you. <laughs> 50% more problems. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sold. Anybody else have any more questions about this? We kind of, this is the first time that we deviated big time from our, yeah. I, think I think it's because it's, it's so interesting. It's been we all great. Have, yeah. We all have these questions. Actually, yeah, if I wanted to reach thing. out to you and get help from you, how would I find you? Sure. Um, so I practice with a group called Plymouth Physical Therapy Specialists. Uh, I practice out of our Plymouth location, which is on Lily Road in Plymouth, Michigan. Um, I also have a colleague in our practice. She's in our Brighton facility, which is kind of like off of Grand River, I think. And so you can go to our website, which is PlymouthPTS.com, or you can call our Plymouth Clinic, which the number should be on there. And there is a whole page. Um, it's called the Michigan Pelvic Health Institute, which is our special subsection within our company, um, specifically focusing on um, pelvic health, um, since we do retreat men, women, and children. Very cool. So yeah, if you're having a problem mm -hmm. with pandering workouts or incontinence or... Or uh, need erection uh, help, uh, you know, any sort of pain, bowel. I mean, uh, the other big side topic that happens uh, that comes, I see a lot is the diastasis, which is like a huge, like Instagram, oh, yeah. social media thing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I see a lot of women postpartum for a diastasis recti, which men also can have too. It's just more oh. common in like bodybuilding. It's just okay. a separation of the rectus abdominis is all. That one probably doesn't pertain to me, but yeah. yeah. Well, you know. That's okay. <laughs> Haven't been bodybuilding lately, Charlie? I've been That's when your stomach, for those layman people. Sure. It's when your stomach, is that that? Um, like your abs separate. Yeah, but is that what it looks like after? Yeah, so during your pregnancy, so the muscles that create that six-pack ab look when you're super cut and defined, there's that thin line that runs in the middle to separate the abs, right? So that's called the linea alba. Um, and what that is, is it's a fascial connection that holds the muscles together. During pregnancy, that can get stretched and sometimes it loses tension. And so when after you're pregnant, it has a difficulty that it can't necessarily support your abs. And so your abs, instead of being next to each other, can be further away from each other. It's not a tear. A tear is a hernia and that's totally something different. 
Okay. Soul pregnancy, I think, sounds wild. I think I'm safe because I didn't have a six pack ever. So then I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> they, care that beforehand. they say that almost a hundred percent of all women who are pregnant have a diastasis. It's just whether your body, how your body heals and how your body responds after the fact is, is what happens. If you would ever notice it because yeah. you just yeah. have other stuff going on. Must <laughs> yeah, be in the almost part, not the hundred part. Right. <laughs> well, Nimi, how we like to end all of these. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I got more than I bargained for with this whole thing. But the way we end all of these interviews is we want to do a would you rather. Now, none of us have done any of these questions. I searched these ones up and I looked for hard or yeah, difficult are, uh, would you rather. Okay. By the way, is what that's redundant, right? That's yeah. what would you rather should be. If it's an easy would you rather, then why even ask it? Then that's easy peasy, right? Right. Yeah. Would you rather? Yeah. So it just seemed. Anyway, I've got uh, a couple for us to go through it and then we can, I was going to say not debate, but we're going to end up debating anyway. So I might as well encourage debate on who's right, who's wrong. So I'll go with the first one. This is to the group. Would you rather have out of control body hair or a strong pungent body odor? I'm assuming also out of control. I guess if I had to choose, I would pick hair because you can always shave or laser. If you have the bad body odor, is your hair totally like perfect and you don't have like... It's how it is. It's how it is now. Then I I guess out out of control hair. Because it can serve a functional purpose. It can keep you warm. That's true. You're such a glass half full. It can keep people away from you. Uh, I didn't know, but I think you guys sold me on this one. I think I'm going to go with the hair, too. No debates on the first question. We got a couple more. Abe, you want to go next? Would you rather clean rest stop toilets or work in a slaughterhouse for a living? That's easy. Clean toilets. Yeah, agree. For sure. 100%. Every day. Rest stop toilets. Yes. I don't care. I can put on my rubber gloves. No way would I ever work. You're also in the world rest stop people. I don't don't care. Was it? That's fine. I can fight them if they try to get weird. <laughs> I don't. You wouldn't be able to focus on people getting weird behind you and the task at hand, which is the cleaning Nothing of the toilet. Nothing compares to stop water. Wait, so in the slaughterhouse, do I have to kill the live animal? Or is the animal already dead and I'm just breaking it down? That's a good question. Regardless, I assume I you're the one doing... Killer. Yeah, I think you're the one yeah, doing the thing. Or you at least get to witness it and then break it all down. And well, so guts and blood. here's the thing, Cameron, my husband's a hunter, so... You help him, like, whatever it's called, to the deer? Um, dress. N- it's called dress. Does he hunt the little chickens and the cows that you're slicing your throat? Um, so, Kim says we can't get pigs because he's going to name them bacon, and they'll end up on our table one day. So, he is all about animals have a purpose. So yeah, I think I would choose the rest stop just because I don't think I could look like an animal in the eye and like kill it. But if it was already dead. Eh. And the rest stop, you close off the bathroom so you don't have to deal with the people. There's always two bathrooms and it's, one's always closed. These are rest stop people. All right. Would you rather live without hot water for showers or baths or live without a washing machine? Washing machine, 100%. I take scalding hot showers. I agree. Yeah, you can wash your clothes in the, in the sink. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you guys on this one. You're going to take cold an, showers and baths. There's an anti-inflammatory benefit to taking your cold shower oh, to start in the morning. But I, 
Okay. In you, the middle of winter, you're going to take Have you ever dryer. lived in Michigan winter? Okay, yeah. you have a washing machine. How long does it take clothes to get from your already, you have a machine to do your laundry from the dirty clothes of the laundry to your dresser or to your bed or wherever they sit? How long days. does it take? Yeah, you think it's going to get faster when you don't have a, you, you're going to be buying new clothes all the time. I would rather have the washing machine just take a quick cold shower. Every single day? I don't know, shower every day as is. I'm not going to increase that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to increase that rate just because it's cold. Yeah, no, but okay. So is there anti-inflammatory properties to a cold shower? There's also increased benefits to a hot shower of muscle relaxation, improved muscle flexibility. Yeah, they say to do both, Charlie. But only like yeah, superficially. Yeah, you're just going to start sucking a I'm talking about like your muscles talking about are stuff that's gonna like help my core, which is more inflammation. That, that, okay. That's what I need. I'm broken mm -hmm. at the core, not superficially. So. <laughs> and also there's also a thing called the cleaners, where you can and laundry mats, where you can just take your. Oh yeah, because that's gonna clothes. again. You have a washing machine in your house, so you think if you have to take it to the cleaners, you're gonna do better. I'm just saying, <laughs> I want my hot showers. Same. Right. Agreed. I like you're my right. hot showers too, but I but I know the reality of if I put more hurdles in front so of me, you done, done it's going to take longer. Your, after you get done working in your slaughterhouse, you're just going to take a cold shower. Like a three it. second shower. That's it. Yeah. After it's not very sanitary. Blood. I don't want to sit in there with my thoughts for too long. I <laughs> get my mind Gross. off of what just happened. Gross. So what you're saying is you're going to spend all day in a restroom toilet and then sit in a hot sauna of just poo air. No, I'm going to get a hot shower and clean myself right. off. And it's going to truly yeah. sanitize our skin. Yeah. It's not, not cold, like two seconds. Where hey, like, oh, and I mean, I mean, more two seconds. Hey, once you beat like that, like 10 seconds. There's no way you're going to be you're in fine. a shower for more than 10 seconds. You're going to have blood crusted all over you. <laughs> <laughs> And the Our sauna time. helps to open your pores. So we're really going to be flushing so out all of the stuff yeah. can get into all your pores. I don't want That's why bleach is invented. You got bleach in your shower right now? <laughs> <laughs> I got bleach in my shower in a tub. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Moving, moving on. Apparently I'm wrong twice in a row now. Well, you guys gave me number two. But number four, would you rather be alone for the rest of your life? <laughs> Sorry, I'm living, I'm I'm living the second part of this yeah. or <laughs> yeah I almost skipped it because I knew this was gonna be right for those kind of comments or always be surrounded by annoying people <laughs> and would you like to go first I'm living it I, so of course I'm gonna pick the annoying yeah. people because because you like your life right now yeah I'm used right. to it <laughs> I don't think I'd like to be alone forever like eternity forever right yeah. Like you don't even see other people. I mean, like maybe, I made some parameters on this. I don't know. Like people, like, like people exist on like TV, or like you go to the store and you no, see you people. You go to the store and see people, but you don't really have like people at home. Regardless right. of anything, I think COVID has taught us that we need human that annoying people rule. I need a no. No, that <laughs> you need people. So I'm not going to pick being alone. I'm going to definitely pick annoying people. We yeah. can compromise and figure out common ground, make do. Yeah. 
yeah everybody else is around you is annoying and you feel like you aren't you're probably the common denominator exactly you need to work that's, on yourself that's the truth. i don't know yeah. i think i might be comfortable in the country with my animals by myself <laughs> it doesn't sound bad when you put it that, that doesn't way. sound bad sometimes that is true no just cornfields and soybeans <laughs> all right Abe, last one bring us home would you rather be locked in a room that is constantly dark for a week or a room that is constantly bright for a week? Light. Hard one. Light. 100%. Mm-mm. You ever heard of these, like, sensory deprivation rooms? They got one, I think it's, like, Minnesota, where they have those, like, they're not styrofoam, but they're, like, these very, like, absorbent cones, and they block out all the light. So there's, there's no senses. So you can't hear anything. It's you're deaf. It's like in like a room. If I turn off the lights now, I can hear like the furnace or like cars driving by, but there's nothing. No sound gets in. No light gets in. People go crazy in like sixty seconds. Yeah. Like 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 they loot. Like they start hallucinating. Yeah, that's what happens. Like the, sometimes the salt. Um, people do like yeah. the, the, the salt floats. chambers, the floats. Yeah. Unless they put like music on through the system, people like I've had patients tell me that they almost lost their mind in that thing. Yeah, I felt, yeah, there was, there's a video before you go in and it's like, hey, stay in there the whole 60 minutes, you loser. If you can't spend 60 minutes with yourself, what does that say about you? And that's, that shame was the only thing that kept me in there because <laughs> I was in there for like 10, 15 minutes and I was like, I don't, I don't like this. But then the shame of like getting out and walking past people before my hour was like, I might as well just stay in. But yeah, luckily there was like music pumping in or there was like, I think there was an option for a heartbeat, which was like a little, that's a little too weird for me. I, I think it was just like ambient music. And have you ever done that? The floats? No. I it did, is I cool. Did, I did one one time and I think I, it was because Charlie told me about him doing it. It was back. Yeah. I had a gift certificate. I still have it. I oh, yeah, that's right. You got it from the competition. I hated yeah. it too. I, I was bored. I was like, I need, I have to do yeah. this. This is dumb. <laughs> it, it gets weird. Ashley, have you ever done one? I have not, but I've had a, no, it's, it's like floating in the, like the, the, the dead sea. You can't, I mean, you can, I mean, you can drown in two inches worth of water, but like, you're so buoyant. And roll over and like. It is, it does come up to like, (laughs) like your cheeks. Like there was times where like, if I would exhale all my breath, I felt, I'm also just a dense person metaphorically and actually. (laughs) Physically. Yeah. (laughs) See, that proves my point. Very tense. But the weird thing about the float stuff is it, like, the water is, like, 98.7 degrees. So after a while, once everything kind of warms up, it doesn't feel like the water's there anymore. It, it kind of just, it feels like unless you move your head or, like, make, like, a little wave, I didn't feel anything. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. I thought it was a cool experience for one time. And I suggest I don't deter anybody from doing it a time. But, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I would still I've, rather be in the dark for a week than complete light. You can't sleep. People sleep in Alaska all the time that are in 100% light. Put yeah, a pillow this, on your is face. Is this brightness like a, like I picture like one of those movie lights where that's just like. Whoa. Oh, like a spotlight? Yeah, I'm thinking like an eight by eight. That, I mean, if it's like a. Like LED Normal lights, sunlight? Like normal light, then I could sleep. If it's like a light blaring at me, I don't know. I don't see I fall asleep with the lights on in the house all the time because Cameron works nights so I don't like sleeping in the dark so I'm okay (laughs) I'm such a diva I can't sleep without a sleeping mask what 
Well, then why would you pick the light? <laughs> you sleep with a map? Hold on. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I just... Eva. And did you know this? No. I just oh, learned I so much about Charlie's personality right now. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Every night. Doesn't yeah, it bother really? your eyes? That would bother my eyes. So I or, like, this. squeeze your head? Yeah. No, he's kind of like, like this. I don't like something on my just... eyes. What if I mean, someone it's not came like in and like you. killed you? You wouldn't even. <laughs> then I wouldn't know it. Like if they Does got Rachel to the point wear a mask or just you? No, just me. I'm the only freaking. Wow, mask. you are no, a diva. I got it from when I used to live in North Carolina, and there was no blinds on the windows, and my window would face I don't know, what sun sunrises in the east. Anyway, it would face east, and it would just be just it was a white room. It was like this like nightmare scenario where I was in like an eight by eight cube of like LED lights, and I would wake up at like six o'clock in the morning all summer i hated it so i had to start finally wearing a sleeping mask and i just never got over it i can sleep without it i just don't like to wow well, I bet you can. it's your little blankie oh, that's probably it no, i learned something more about you this there too. that's right the whole reason we started this was to figure it out about, about pp but we figured out a lot about charlie actually in the last 10 minutes everybody yeah. answered i said dark anybody else with dark with me no Sorry, that does sound creepy. Anybody else in the dark with me? <laughs> no, no, we're in the light. I mean, you are traumatized, so I won't believe yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think I'm going to pick light unless I have a migraine because then I can't have a light. Yeah, I can just hear this humming white light. It's so bright. I can't get over it. I'm going to go dark for a week. Meditate. Learn how to meditate for a week. Well, anyway, like, <laughs> we're going to sit here and continue therapy time for Charlie, but I don't pay you guys enough for that. Ashley, it was an absolute pleasure. And I'm not that was blown, fun. Thank you. I'm not Thank blown you. smoke. Thank you. Yeah, yeah this, is, this has been one of the more informative ones. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, this is maybe our number one podcast. Get it? Number Get it. one. Because it's peed. <laughs> oh, the dad jokes. Yeah, oh, Charlie's so funny. <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, good God. Well, at least it's not the number two podcast. Oh, right? it was. It was a lot more about poop than I anticipated. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. <laughs> All right, ladies. Have a good one. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Talking Functional Fitness. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and rate on wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to also like and subscribe and follow CrossFit Frostbite and Talking Functional Fitness on all the social medias and YouTube as well. As always, everybody, stay frosty.